0: welcome to blight and boon this is episode 19. in this episode andrew and steve talk about organized play in Gothir and how it isn't just about tournaments
1: Hello, Steve. Hello, how are you doing? I'm oh, well, good, thank you. Um, we're going to once again pretend we've just met, even though we talked for half an hour about games and things. Um, <laughs> now, now it's time for a God Tier chat. Oh, don't don't show them behind the curtains. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, you are the Bryce of um, God Tier. The,
0: br- the Bryce of God Tier? Is that my maybe, title? Maybe
1: there? Bryce is the Steve
0: of Gilpool now. <laughs> Discuss. I mean... I don't think we could get to this consensus without, you know, a few more data points. <laughs>
1: <laughs> angering Bryce as well. Careful what you do yeah. there.
0: Um so released
1: release when did it release? About a month ago now, I think it was. No less than that. About three weeks ago, uh, was the um the organized play kit for um Godtier. <laughs>
0: um, well, first off, was it really three weeks ago? It
1: doesn't feel I can't like remember. That. I mean, December's been really busy for me and I'm sure for some reason, for you as well. Uh, no, not at all. Not so at all. <laughs> I can't even remember anymore. It happened. No, no, less than that. Because I think it, dropped, um, it, dro- um, it got dropped. It dropped. on the sixth. So I think it dropped.
0: Yes, yeah. It dropped the same day as uh, retail release. So like two weeks ago, right? Um, mm. Yes. Yeah.
1: Is it an organized play kit, Steve? <laughs> well,
0: it depends what you're referring to. <laughs>
1: <laughs> First of all, Steve, tell me and the audience what is organized play.
0: so organized play nothing about it (laughs) so organized play is essentially um encompasses a lot of different things and it is literally kind of what it says it's you know playing games in an organized fashion and that can be in a variety of different formats so for example a tournament is organized play a campaign is organized play a league for example is organized play um Organised plays literally you get people together and you, you know, organise them and you play some games and it's kind of a way of getting people engaged and excited about games. And I guess the reason we laugh about it is because um one of the things I've definitely seen a lot of is um people referring to the tournament document, which was the document that dropped on the sick, as being the organized play document. And I mean, it's technically an organized play document, but it's not the only one. Um, And it's something that Steamforged in the past, we have been not too great about um, communicating because we've traditionally, with um, our previous miniature game, Guild Ball, we've referred to what is essentially a tournament document. We've referred to it as the organized play document, when in actual fact, Guild Ball has multiple organized play documents. It has... The regional cup format and then has other formats. And I can't remember offhand even what that document is called, but it has, you know, things like the fun formats like dodgeball, really doubles is in there and so on. So it's one of those where um, we're trying to, particularly with a game like God tier, where we're offering different forms of organized play. Organized play is not just tournaments, it's tournaments and campaigns essentially with God tier and, you know, um, things like launch events and so on. So it's one of those when people say, oh, um, the organised play document dropped. It's like, no, the tournament document dropped, which is an organised play document. So take this as you, as you will.
1: Whenever you mention uh, Aura's play and to photo as just told tournament, Steve joins a little bit inside. <laughs> now, whether, you want help, whether community, you want to do that or not, Steve, that's entirely up to you. I'm not saying you should do it <laughs> or shouldn't do it.
0: I, mean, I was gonna know. say, you're not you're not saying you should do it, but equally you're not saying you Yeah, <laughs> you I think it's up for the community to decide
1: that. <laughs> yeah. How much do you want to hurt Steve the question? <laughs> um so yeah, so I think for for God Tier that's um that's pretty important to remember because God tier I think has deliberately gone for a lighter approach than yes, Gilboa sure. I means sort of, even just mechanically, but also just in terms of his outlook. Actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, having a campaign system uh, straight off the boots, um, whilst uh, Guild had one a couple of years after it got released, and and mm-hmm. so on. Um, it's deliberately aimed towards a sort of crowd that doesn't necessarily want to go to tournaments and smash each other.
0: Yeah, and it's it's one of those where um, it's kind of two different things. Essentially, is you've got this campaign play that will appeal to some people, and then you've got tournament play that will appeal to others, and you know it'll. It'll be interesting to see, you know, where um, people's interest lies and what they enjoy playing. And like I saw a poll recently where um, I think it was over 100 people kind of polled and um, 70% of people were excited about campaigns. Um, And that's really cool to hear because that's something, you know, that is different about God Tier compared to Guild Ball is, yes, um, Guild Ball has had the big league campaign system, but it's kind of felt like the big league never really took off like we and some of that is you know on us as steamforge as a company because we've always kind of pushed guild ball as this tournament you know focused game um but like,
1: and if the demand for it was higher
0: yeah exactly and it's one of those where um it's kind of important for us to you know stress that there are kind of two options and um yeah try both out some will appeal to some people. You know, some people want to play campaigns. Some people will want to play tournaments.
1: Shall we go through the um, different sort of systems then? Um, I mean, we yeah. mentioned campaign briefly, didn't we? Before, but yes, I can't actually remember what we talked about fully. So let's do it again anyway. I mean, <laughs> more <you> know, content. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we there. There's there's now two uh, two podcasts forgotten now. So I mean, I guess we can get dropped down to second past already. Um, <laughs> so um, do you want to sort of go through in sort of broad strokes the sort of campaign idea?
0: Yeah, sure so i guess the main thing with the campaign system and it's um something that we are trying and we're curious to see kind of what feedback is like is with the campaign system we've kind of gone for this um one of the main ways to play a campaign is as a single day event as a series of you know four linked games where you're um you will play games at a location there'll be special rules that change the game of god tier um just while you're at that location and during that um that game um and to make you think differently about the game and then each uh after each game you'll earn god tiers that you will then use to upgrade your characters now each champion in the game has two skill trees um Uh, they're each on the side of a card and you will choose which skill tree you're going to use each time you play a campaign so you know, you have two options with each character so there's um, some replayability there and then additionally when you play a campaign you won't be on the same location every time and you'll see different special rules so um there's kind of a reasonable amount of replayability there um so you've got this option of getting this kind of narrative more like I guess um, progression-focused gameplay there with the these few kind of more unusual uh, options in the special rules, um, as kind of a different thing to you know your standard play essentially. Um, so yeah, my particular favourite um, upgrade
1: is the one that gives Rangosh, basically his ultimate skill as an action. <laughs> yeah, it Move was one of and hurt someone.
0: Exactly. <laughs> yeah. it's one of those where oh, like yes. uh, designing those uh cards were very interesting and one of the <laughs> <laughs> well one of the things that was really interesting about like playing the the campaign and testing the campaign was the analogy i would always use um and this is definitely a video game analogy is um if regular god tier is like 100 cc on mario kart like the campaign um and the abilities you get and that feels like 200 cc it's you know faster there's a lot more you know uh crazy stuff going on and um and there are just also some abilities that um are you know just change games dramatically um some of them are more subtle like i think the the an example i always use is the i think it's on grim gut of life where um, he gets the option to use New Spew as a bonus action. That's not, and, that's not okay. <laughs> and it's one of those, you know, it's a simple little line of text added to this ability. Well, everything in a card is line of text, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> it <can't> work. <laughs> but, it, you know, it's just a single line, this short line, but it changes things dramatically. And it was real funny when we, the last time we ran like a campaign event um, internally, and For the longest time, Grimgut had been like Perkins' favourite champion. He was like, yeah, I love um, Grimgut. going to play him all the time. He then played Grimgut of Life with the free new spirit, and he's just like, I can't go back. I'm just too (laughs) used to it being free. Um, And yeah, that's kind of the thing that the campaign offers, is the ability to kind of mess with these characters and also kind of do some things, I guess, that um, would be would dilute the direction of a character in the standard game because we have kind of some very strict rules of, you know, what a guardian can look like, um, what a slayer can look like, and so on. And we want to keep those because it's important in the standard game that um, you don't end up with a, you know, slayer that looks like a guardian and things like that or doesn't or doesn't take some of the things that are uniquely guardian things and put them on a slayer because otherwise what's the point of having different classes really but the campaign does give us an option to kind of blur some of those lines a bit um you know there's a rodri one where he's able to move objective hexes and you know we would never <laughs> give rodri that kind of ability in the standard game because he's a guardian that's not what they do um, but it's a fun thing to have in a campaign. Is it also kind of a story thing of, you know, oh, my Rodri had kind of this shaper tendency in this campaign. That's kind of interesting and unusual.
1: So basically, you can sort of go YOLO and just, just do stuff. <laughs>
0: I mean, when you, when you boil it down to that, you you make the the camera is like, oh yeah, we'll just stick anything on there, which is totally not the case. <laughs> um,
1: You're welcome, Steve. <laughs>
0: um,
1: yes, yeah, so that's the campaign. I mean, um, I guess you probably can't say or don't even know yet what your plans are in the future for that system.
0: Um, so I can talk a very little bit about it. So I guess the first thing I can really say is, and some people may have realised this already, um. Uh, is so of Con, which is end of March, we are going to be previewing the next campaign. Cool. Um, so um, with the next campaign, the Eternal Glades campaign, um, is going to be previewed at that event, and it's going to be people's first chance to kind of come along and see that. And we kind of just want people to come along and, you know, try this new um, version of the campaign out. Do I
1: mean that you're going to, have to, you're going to have to produce effectively two new cards per champion per campaign?
0: Uh, so hmm, i'm not going to answer that um because that's that's going to be an
1: issue when you get more champions (laughs)
0: well and that is the thing is obviously we now know that there are going to be you know unsurprisingly more champions and they will get campaign cards and so on um so you know we kira for example will have two campaign card sides um however with the kind of Eternal Blade campaign that we'll be previewing is that's going to be kind of um, that event is going to be focused around um, the other stuff in the campaign so um new scenario stuff essentially and new locations new and follow there's... cards yes <laughs> I will say this up front, there are no new follow cards I'm sorry what? <laughs> I don't... I don't wonder, I felt like if I just, like, no-commented that, there would be, like, well, he didn't say there wouldn't be, but no, there, there aren't going to be any new follower cards. However, we're looking to do some cool stuff with the scenarios, and that's kind of all I can really say. If you, you know, if you are in the US, or going to Adepticon, come along and check it out. Um, Because, yeah, we want your feedback, because yeah, we want to see what people like, what people don't like. Because, yeah, it, it Similar to Guild Ball, it's a game that, you know, we want people's feedback, and because with that we can make things better, essentially. I guess it's
1: easy for me, easy for me to say, I've been sort of talking about the game for quite a while now, but certainly Steamfall are incredibly receptive to feedback about God Tier. You know, the <laughs> game's changed a hell of a lot. Yes, yeah.
0: Um, yeah, like, I, <laughs> I think back to, you know, the very first early access version and to where we've come to now, and yeah, it's still broadly the same game, but a lot of the detail has changed, and that wouldn't have happened without early access.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um so that's that. So I guess now onto the sort of the, the sort of the tournament the document. Tournament. Not not the organized play part, no, no, the tournament part. The tournament document. Yeah. So I think first of all it's a lot more cut down than the Gilbert one. There's no there's no sort of chess clocks in there, is there or
0: Yeah, I mean so in terms of our general approach for this tournament document is um The game of God Tier is still super new. And it's one of those where it's very weird with how God Tier has been in open development for a long time. It's very easy to forget that. And also, I think there are a lot of people who've got their Kickstarters now have got lots of stuff and are are forgetting that the game is still super new. Um, And as a result, we wanted to, to kind of try and avoid... Having a tournament document that was that complicated, at least in our first iteration, because I guess that's the other thing is that, similar to how the campaign will evolve and change, there is it's highly likely the tournament document will evolve and change, and I mean, we will come onto it later, but we've already acknowledged one way that the game the tournament uh, pack will change with um, the rotation, but just generally our approach has been we want this to be kind of as simple as possible and as easy for someone to essentially go from oh i bought a starter box and a champion can i play in an event and the answer is yes and then the next question is so what can i play in that event and it's like well you can play this you can play three models what else do i need to know not a whole lot else really you can just you know turn up. i guess that's up things and like band.
1: picking bands and things aren't good because ultimately if you want a person to buy effectively three champions and they turn up well they can't do that can they otherwise they haven't <laughs> the, the, the barrier of entry is very very low isn't it i guess that.
0: yeah and that's the main thing is we want to keep the barrier of entry quite low um and this also kind of ties into um what i mentioned earlier as kind of the roster thing so um one of the things with and it's something that we've talked about for kind of a long time. Um, Matt Hart specifically has mentioned the idea of a rotation. Now, rotation, we kind of touched on, we put out a blog when the um, tournament document dropped, um, talking a little bit about it. So at the moment, there are eight champions that are listed in that document. And those of you who you know were very quickly... Able to connect the dots, we'll notice that those are all the champions that are currently at retail. So, and so we've
1: got Kickstarter champions can't be having advantage to everybody else, is it?
0: Well, yes, there's that, and also it's a case of that we, you know, this ultimately when you run a tournament, you can, you know, the tournament organizer can make the decision of uh, whether they want to allow Kickstarter stuff. But as kind of our default setting, we wanted to make sure that you know everyone was on an even playing field now as more of these champions go to retail that list will get bigger and this is kind of where rotation comes in is that we're not sure exactly when we are going to be rotating champions and for those who aren't familiar the idea of rotation is that there will be points um in time where during um you know a tournament like season or like a period of time there will be certain uh, champions that are perhaps not on that uh, list of playable champions, so you know maybe um I don't know rangosh is being played a lot, or we um we want to see some other slides, so we decide, oh, for this you know next three months or however long we decide, Rangosh is not going to be playable in tournaments, and this is one of those things where it's kind of comes into the accessibility thing is it also potentially makes players aware of you know what they are potentially going to. See at um a, a event, but also means that the game has some way of not getting you know hugely bloated and out of control because um you know as new releases come out, that champion pool will get bigger and bigger, and um that means there'll be more and more options and I think everyone has kind of had that experience of where you know they turn out to a game that you know isn't starting out it's established and there's this whole like history of releases and things and it's hard to keep up. Um and rotation helps us do that. And it's one of those where, like I said, we don't know exactly when we are going to start rotating things out. Um and when we start playing around with that. We wanted to kind of seed the idea early because, you know, we don't want to be in the situation where we hadn't mentioned rotation at all. And then all of a sudden we go. Oh, by the way, you can't play this character now in this for this period of time. Yeah, and I think a lot
1: of games could do with it. Like I think Guildball could in some ways, but I think it's too late in a game's lifespan. I think you have to have it very early on and go look. Yeah, and, that, be. Even, and even that's, even, not, even not now, but it will be like it's time or whatever.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing as well is that um, you. It's a very difficult thing to implement once a game is established. Is um, implementing it in something like Guild Ball would be very difficult because. You've kind of solved the game on the basis that, um, that won't be a thing. And then you introduce it, which you're kind of, you know, pulling the rug from out underneath people where by being upfront about this early, we can say, you know, this is something that is happening. Now, the other thing, and this kind of ties into the two forms of organized play is that even if a champion is temporarily out of the rotation, um, on the tournament uh, document is it will still be playable in campaign and um, with campaigns, their focus, not being like competitive. It's, you know, you turn up, you play, it's more of an experience, the focused thing rather than competition focused um, uh organized play. You'll always be able to play those characters there. And obviously you'll always be able to play them in casual play as well. So it's one of those where it just gives us the option um, to do it when we need to. And yeah, we're kind of, Waiting and seeing for how big that's that's going to be and when that's going to happen, um, because we're not one hundred percent sure. And part of it is also going to be kind of community feedback. Is you know we're at fifteen champions at the moment. It's like how many more can we have before it becomes a problem? I really don't know. It might be you know it might be double that. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, I mean,
1: also you could get different directions with it. I mean, not saying you're going to do this, but I mean, you could even base it upon narrative, couldn't you, if you end up having ongoing storylines and things.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. In the past, people have done, done Guild Wars events where you can only play characters who actually are actually alive and around.
0: Yes, so yeah. I'm not sure whether
1: yeah. God is going to go that direction or not, um, because not sure much, there's not much out yet in terms of story for, for God tier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure whether that's anything you want to pursue or not. I mean, um do you know anything about any any sort of storyline for, for, for God tier, or is it being delivered, delivered quite light on that for now?
0: Um, So, in terms of kind of the obviously the uh core rules have a very limited amount of story and there's only the bit of the front which is kind of the world setting and um i've been asked about this a little bit and the main thing really in terms of that core rule book um is that we wanted this kind of very light rule book and um In a lot of miniatures games, you get that kind of, you know, big weighty tome where, you know, the rules are actually like 10% of it and the rest of it is all in background, which, you know, a lot of people love. But rule books like that tend to not be um, easy to reference because, you know, they're big things that you have to take around to, you know, your your gaming clubs or your gaming store and so on. Um, And so that was kind of the reason for wanting to do that there. There is background for God 2, and we kind of have some ideas of where we're going with that. Um, It's one of those where it's kind of deciding the best way to deploy it. And in some ways, the campaigns are kind of a way to do that, is that the campaign cards that determine you know, the locations you play at have some story on them, and they will be tied to locations. So there will be kind of some story and, I guess, world building as a result of that, Um, like like i mentioned with the adepticon campaign being well the c- campaign we're previewing at adepticon is the eternal glade which is the name of you know one of our starter sets so you're going to learn a bit more about the eternal glade and so on and things that are going on there um so it's one of those where it's definitely a different approach but there is background there we just um we've got the campaign as one way of kind of deploying some of it more world based i guess story character-based story at this moment in time when we haven't really decided how we're best going to deploy that i guess we're still forgetting the game is only sort of technically two weeks old (laughs) (laughs) yeah and that's the other thing as well that's um it's just just a general thing um and part of it is how long you know god tier has been in the public eye is it's very easy to forget how long how new the game is because People have been aware of it, particularly fans of Steamforged have been aware of it. You know, we demoed it at the uh, last SteamCon, for example. I did both at SteamCon US and UK. I demoed pretty much my whole time was demoing tier, So it's been around in Steamforged it was fans' first, eyes. The
1: first show in the, f- the preview is the, the, the um, SteamCon behind it before that.
0: Yeah, exactly. And it's one of those, and it's it's a thing that. I've experienced as someone making games is you can very easily forget that um your game is still new to a lot of people. And a really good example is um the first year I went to Gen Con and um we Dark Souls uh, the core game had come out and it had been had come out I think the year previous or maybe it was earlier that year, I can't remember offhand. And we're going to Gen Con, you know, and we've got all these Dark Souls core sets and my kind of naive thing going into Gen Con was like well the Kickstarter was really big it's now in retail so everyone must know about this game you know if they wanted to buy it they've probably bought it already and no that was not the case at all there were still even you know after all that time there were still people that had never heard of the game and picked it up and you know we're yeah exactly and it's also I mean it's easy to forget when you know you're plugged into a company you're working there and um you're surrounded by the games you're working on every single day um they become kind of just normal it's like oh yeah everyone knows about this because it's my day-to-day um and then also there are people who are not you know as plugged into you know social media or watching what games are coming out and watching kickstarters and what things day <laughs> Probably something productive, I <laughs> yes, imagine. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's one of those where we're in a, we're in a super exciting like part of God tier where it's still super early days, and it's been interesting for me watching um, God tier go out into the wild and seeing you know what characters people are latching onto and what they're enjoying and things like that because like with anything you always have this kind of big sense of trepidation as something comes out is you're like well i did we did all the best work we could hopefully you know people like this character but you you always have concerns about various things of whether you made the right choices um and yeah we're still early days and it's not surprising to me that there are certain champions that people are immediately latching onto people like Titus where they're going. You say that, but yeah.
1: People, some people are saying Blackjaw is better than Titus because they're wrong.
0: <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so yeah, there are certain characters, the more direct ones that they're kind of latching onto immediately. And that doesn't surprise me because they are just more direct and, you know, more immediate to get results on and i'm already seeing people are talking about say morrigan and um struggling to kind of understand her and get her to work and that doesn't surprise me because it's still early days um and there's still you know a lot to find out about the game um even from my perspective where i've done so many demos of the 2v2 like the near morrigan versus like is there was still for a very long time of where I would demo that and if someone, there was just one person, I would play Neil Oregon. And there were, you know, multiple games and for a long period of time where I was still learning things about how to play that composition um from doing those demos and things I could do. And now I'm kind of at the point where I'm like, yeah, if I played that composition, I'd know exactly what to do. I kind of know some of the tips and tricks, essentially, that um you know not as obvious on your first go through
1: yeah there's been less noise about some champions like uh there's been much noise about shale but then again i guess he's not <laughs> actually out yet retail wise is he um, yeah so and that involved. that's
0: another that, that's another thing is that as stuff filters into retail that will have an impact as well yeah. um shale is definitely one of those um my younger brother uh, plays the game and he's recently finished his uh, paint job on shale and landslide so he's been Looking for every excuse to play uh, that champion. And yeah, it's one of those where I'm like, yeah, when Shale and Landslide are played well, they are terrifying. Yeah, when the community finally realises
1: how horrible um, Landslide is. Yes, yeah. Affecting the entire unit, no matter how far away. From... Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I think he can do it, do it in both phases. Um, mm. His ball
0: control is... <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, we've tangented quite a lot there of, into just like oh, yeah. the general game. Oh, yeah, but. yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the to bring it back to the tournament document is the game is still super new and we wanted to have a tournament document that kind of accommodated that. Um and that's why we've gone for the Blind Reveal as an example, is particularly from um fans of ours that play Guild Wars, and it's an easy thing to do, is it's very easy to forget how intimidating drafting can be to people and also how much thoughts can go into that Uh, because i've definitely played you know in guild ball tournaments against people who you know it's maybe their first or second tournament and they're presented with this idea of you know drafting so you know we'll for those who aren't aware drafting in guild ball if you're you haven't played guild ball is normally you blind reveal captain mascot which uh, essentially your one of them is your leader of your equivalent of a warband um in guild ball and your mascot is another model that you can only take one of and then you go back and forth picking um, players to fill out the rest of your team now i've played against some people that are very new to the game or it's the first or second tournament and they will i will pick something more or less immediately because i know what i'm doing and then there'll be a lot of kind of umming and ahhing of where they go well which model should i be taking um you know should i be taking uh this one this one this one cuz they picked this and then they they make their decision um and then i cu- i have my game plan i know what i'm doing so i pick pretty much immediately um psych-em-out. and then well it's not even it's not even a out thing it's just i you know i've played a lot of the game so i know what i'm doing so i you know make my choices quickly and then um they start to look at it and go well oh i really wanted to play this model um but they've chosen that model what does that model do like um is it worth taking this one now and like i think people forget how much they kind of streamline i guess the choices in their mind is that there's actually a lot of decision points that go into something like drafting it's just you're very familiar with it so you just streamline the process or you're looking for very like key models um to influence your drafting choice in something like Guild Ball. And as a result, we didn't really want to go that path with um God Tier, particularly at the beginning. Um I'm not like ruling out drafting in future at all. It's kind of gonna be a wait and see. But for this first iteration we just wanted people to, you know, get three models down on the table and playing them. Um and yeah there will be an element of where people will perhaps go, oh, they've got I've got Mornblade. They've got Lawzan. Maybe I don't take Mornblade. Um, so there will be a little bit of that, but I don't think it's going to be as involved as you know, a back and forth picking and analyzing every micro detail. It's more just pick your three, get them on the table, and get playing.
1: Well, OBD's changed quite a lot, and I guess it's only the first one. And also, if there's a lot of demand, like I said before, if there's a lot of demand for that sort of style of hard tournament, I guess you'll you'll do it. Or well, maybe yeah. If if people want that sort of thing to be around, someone someone will either make it, make
0: it, and run it. Mm. And it's it's one of those where like um, it's there's kind of a very weird like back and forth, I guess, relationship with um, like creators and fans. Is this this element of where um, we you know we want to listen to feedback and so on, but we are still ultimately kind of making the choices as the people creating this game of where we want it to go, because, you know, you get feedback from all different areas and, you know, from all different kind of backgrounds and preferences and you can't do everything. Um, and also it's kind of where, where does our vision for the game lie essentially? And, um, I feel like as an example, if we just, um, you know, use, targeted guild ball players we've got there is we would probably just end up with a you know fantasy focused like heavily tournament focused game that essentially cannibalizes guild ball in a lot of ways um because that's what people would tell us they would want and we made this kind of conscious decision to make a more accessible game that offers different things and yeah it's sometimes very hard to kind of balance that of wanting to satisfy but also wanting to you know take a game in a direction that you want to as well
1: well yeah i guess there's no really much there's no really much point um just catamizing your own your own sort of your own players is there
0: yeah for sure yeah, for, for um reasons, really. yeah um and it's another thing where like chess clocks comes into that is chess clocks are a really normal thing in um guild ball and it's where rather than having a round timer, you just have a chess clock where both players get a set amount of time and you flip the clock back and forth and um, to keep people on time. And it's one of those where there is definitely like there are definitely games that embrace chess clocks, Guild Ball being a really good example, and there are other ones like War Machine as an example. But then there are other games that really do not embrace chess clocks and do not find them kind of very polarizing within their community I know Malafo as an example does not use chess clocks and has always been hesitant to um and it's one of those where you know that I can understand why but some people find them really intimidating and there's also a cost factor involved is the best way to use chess clocks is to actually have a chess clock it's you know you can use phones but um you have that kind of awkwardness of having to put your phone down and um, in the UK, as an example, if you're traveling and you want to make sure you keep your phone battery up and things like that, you don't really want to be using it as a clock. And stores are another example is where if you want a store to run an event and you tell them, oh, yeah, we need all these chess clocks, that's another like outlay that the store has to make. And it's also kind of the, I guess, the approach of the game as well is duh, for a hyper-competitive game like Guild Ball, um, and, you know, Guild Ball is built around, you know, competition and we've always pushed tournaments with it. Um, that makes a whole lot of sense because that's what it's aiming for. Where we've got tier, you know, it's, it's made to be a bit more, you know, casual focused and not as, um, you know, a competitive tournament focus. And, you know, there are games like X-Wing is a really good example where that gets played an awful lot in tournaments and does not use chess clocks and, I think that's there are many things that make x Wing successful, but I think one of the things that also helps is that you don't have to use chess clocks in events. It makes that barrier of entry to even running events smaller.
1: Yeah. Um they can they can be quite scary if you knew.
0: Yeah, yeah, because um, you know, it's it's one of those where you you have that constant ticking of the clock and also when you're against experienced players, you know, you'll You'll finish your activation turn, whatever. You'll flip the clock and an experienced player will very quickly be like, okay, I've done this. Um, and then flip the clock back to you, which, you know, is fine, but that's, you know, very intimidating how quickly that clock can flip back to you and you always have to be engaged. And, you know, that's, there's nothing wrong with that. I enjoy playing guild ball events on, on clock, but that's not the way everyone wants to play a game, you know. People want a bit more of a relaxed atmosphere, and you know, enjoying it a bit, um, and just taking their time a bit more, and that's perfectly fine. You know, people like different things.
1: I think that's APD done,
0: isn't it? I think uh, tournament done. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm trying to think. Uh, yeah, I think that kind of covers everything. Like, I guess the main thing I would really say is that the the race. The rotation list will change. There'll be stuff added where stuff comes to retail, and yeah, it's new player focused, just to try and get people, you know, in and experiencing it and trying new things. Uh, brilliant. Um, thanks a lot. And remember, um, don't
1: call it the OPD to Steve because he'll get upset.
0: <laughs> I will correct. Remember you. that. Whenever you see him, don't call it that. I I should basically get a t shirt made up that I wear to events like no, Steam <laughs> Tournament document, not OPD document. Simple, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay.
1: Um, thank you very much. Say bye. Bye. I'll say
0: bye. <laughs>